Welcome to the Healing Begins podcast channel. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, and today I want to talk to you about the implications of the sufferings of Christ. Why is it important for us to understand and know why Jesus died? And his suffering, why did he suffer the way he did? And what did our sin do to him? You know, my sin and your sin nailed him to the cross. He died because of us, and he died for the sins past, present, and future. And so his death and the implications of his suffering are huge as it relates to a believer's salvation, healing, victory, and even reasons why we should forgive others that have hurt us and what that means as it relates to the sufferings of Christ. So this podcast was inspired, I would say, by my trip to Costa Rica. I was invited to to take part with Pastor Christian in Extreme Camp. This is where Pastor Christian brought together like 40 different rival gang members, and we had a chance to present Christ to them and set them up for an extreme God experience. And so on a Saturday morning about 1 a.m., the presence of the Lord came into my room, and he said to me, I want you to tell them how I suffered for them. I want you to share with them what their sin did to me. I just want you to share with them about my death and my resurrection and what that means for them. And then he kind of gave me the lead-in line, uh, an opening statement that I wanted them to respond to. And that opening statement was simply this. Have you ever done anything where you said, where you had someone do something to you and you said, I will never forgive that person? And of course, a lot of people raised their hands. Then I went on to say, now let me share with you what our sin, what my sin and your sin did to Jesus, how he had to die for us, how he had to suffer for us. And so before I get into the implications of the sufferings of Christ, I want to read a couple of scriptures kind of as a foundation. One is John three sixteen. Everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then I want to read Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 11. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to punish him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, 
and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Isaiah 50, verse 6. I offered my back to those that beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. And so what I'm doing, and I'm reading these scriptures, I am... Um, I am laying a basis for the suffering of Christ and things he went through. And then in John chapter 19, verses 1 through 16, the scripture says, Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe, and he went up to him. they went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis of charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and the officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, You take him, crucify him. As for me, I find no basis of charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside to the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed you over is guilty of the greatest sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. In verse 15, it says, They shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. Then verses 28 and 30, Later, knowing that everything now had been finished, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine and vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it and put it, the sponge on the stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lip. When he had received a drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. You know, during this time, Jesus experienced the Father turning his back on him and he yells out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then after he died, he descends into hell and he takes our place and he suffers some more. He carried everything on that cross. He carried your sickness. He carried your mental torment. He carried your abuse. He carried everything you could ever have imagined on that cross. And he died. And it was my sin and it was your sin that hung him there. He died for the sins of the whole world, present, past, and future. He was a perfect sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice 
a spotless lamb, but they had to do it every year because one lamb wasn't good enough. So that's why the lamb of God had to come. That's why God in the flesh had to come, be born of a baby, live, die, and be crucified. So his death, his death and his sacrifice was once and for all. And he died for us. He died for me. He died for you so we could be free. Let's look at his sufferings. It was already pointed out in the scriptures we read. First of all, his death was unjust and he was falsely accused. Secondly, they took a crown of thorns. And I'm telling you, these are not little one-inch thorns. The thorns I grew up with on the farm were like three inches long. And you know they found the biggest set of thorns they could find. And they just jammed that on his head. They spat on him. They mocked him. They hit him in the face. They pulled out his beard. They whipped him. And that whip had little metal chips in it. So when that whip would be laid across his back and pulled back, it would pull out hunks of flesh. He, then they made him carry his cross up the hill. Then they nailed him to the cross. Man, that had to hurt. And the cross sliding in the hole as he hung there, held there by the nails. He hung on that cross and he suffered and he suffered. The father turned his back on him and he experienced separation from God. He yells out, it is finished. And then he descends into hell and he took our place and he suffered some more. And after his suffering was done, he walked up to that old devil and he said, I'll take those keys. And here's some of the implications of his death on the cross. I would say the first implication is this. Death, hell, and the grave were defeated. Jesus has the keys. No longer do you have to fear death. If you know Jesus, death has lost its thing because he, uh, he got victory over death. He defeated death. He defeated hell and he defeated the grave. Secondly, he did totally annihilated and defeated Satan. Colossians 2.15 said that Christ made a public spectacle of Satan over the cross through his death and his resurrection. And then the way of salvation was completed when Jesus said, it is finished. He made the way. He is the bridge. He is the door to heaven and eternal life. No one has to go to hell. You know, he suffered, he died, so we don't have to. But if you and I don't accept the sacrifice he did on the cross for us, then we have to pay the price ourselves and we can never pay the price. And that would be an eternity in hell. And this is the next thing I want to say. When he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then later on, Jesus says in Matthew 6.15, If you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So I want you to look at this in light of forgiveness. My sin and your sin causes suffering. How much suffering did we cause? Man, it was a lot. There's nothing that was done to you that wasn't done to Jesus and worse. And so he demands that he forgives. He forgave us, so he demands us to forgive others. And this is a hard message. Sometimes we really need to pray for help as it relates to really being able to forgive. But knowing what Jesus did for me, it just compels me to forgive anyone who has ever hurt me. 
even though we know that Jesus made it a requirement that we forgive others as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus, still that can be a really hard part of the gospel message to apply depending on what the painful incident is that you've been through. Maybe you had a child that was murdered. Maybe you've been raped or abused. You really might have to take time to meet with a counselor or a friend to really process the whole forgiveness part of the gospel so that you can truly get free from the pain that you've been going through, especially when you begin to realize this forgiveness is more about your freedom than the other people. And forgiveness doesn't mean what happened to you is okay, nor does it mean you let down your boundaries and you let someone run over you. But what you're saying in forgiveness is, Lord, I'm giving this pain, this agony to you, and I want you to deal with it. Number five, because of his sufferings, healing and deliverance now is available. That's number five. Number six, heaven is open to all who accept his sacrifice. Heaven, heaven wants everybody. All you got to do is come to Jesus, accept the sacrifice, repent of your sins. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. If you honestly come to the Lord and open your heart and kneel before him, he will accept you. Number seven, the curse was broken. Galatians 3.13, Jesus, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse was that there was sin. The law pointed out sin, but there was no solution. Jesus came and he was the fulfillment of the law and he broke the curse. Number eight, Abundant life is available for all who call on his name. These are just some of the implications. Number nine, his suffering and death bought our peace. He is the Prince of Peace, and we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. Number 10, here's another implication. No amount of good works you could ever do could get you to heaven. I don't care how much you served in the church. I don't care how good you think you are or how much money you gave or how much land you gave away to the church, if you haven't received Christ in your heart and repented of your sins, that's the only way to get to heaven. You can't get there by good works. Because it says here, uh, implication number 11, it is the grace of God that you are saved, not by works. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For it is by the grace that you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not by work, so that no one could boast. These are just some of the implications of his death. I want to say to you today that the way of salvation, healing, peace, and freedom has been paid for. It's, it's available for you. All you have to say is, Lord, I accept your death on the cross. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Uh, be my Savior. Lord, I need to apply what you did on the cross to my life. I need your healing. I need your peace. I need your love. And Jesus said that if we would call upon his name, he would be there. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I invite you right now, if you've not, or maybe you're not where you need to be with the Lord, or maybe you've never accepted the Lord, I, I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I, I believe that you are the Son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. 
Lord, fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now I want to continue to pray. Lord, I pray for those that are listening today. Maybe they need healing in their body. Lord, I just pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Maybe they're struggling with mental health issues. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to all the troubled minds that are listening today. Lord, I thank you that you died so we might have life and have it more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining me for this podcast today called The Implications of the Suffering of Christ. I invite you to share this channel with your friend. Share the messages with your friend. We invite your feedback. You can email me at gale, G-A-L-E, at spiritualcareconsultants.com. Like our podcast channel, Amazon. You can go to Apple, uh, Google. Uh, We're on like 20 different podcast channels. Like us, follow us, spread the word. And what we're doing is just trying to help as many people as we can. I want to say God bless you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Thornapple Flooring and Furniture, where beautiful homes begin.